Good, good, good. All right. So, um, yeah, a number of us have been uh, just praying and fasting even towards this day, believing God for... Um, for great things, for him to do something fresh among us. And, uh, you know, it's, we, in this room, or whether you're watching online, we, we, we all come from different um, kind of stories and backgrounds, and uh, maybe some of you have been around, um, you know, the, the, the church, or even a Pentecostal church like this, for decades and some of you it's weeks or months and uh and so we, we all come with different um perspectives but uh but god wants to touch each one of our lives i really believe that today he wants to touch each one of our lives some of us are came in this morning just hungry for the lord some of us came in um just coming to another sunday and no matter what your perspective is or what, you know, what you came, what level you came in at in your own heart, I believe God wants to do something fresh in us today. And uh, uh, we've been in a series on, called Awakening for a number of weeks. And kind, we kind of finished that off last week, but this, this is on the tail of that and it's connected to it. Um, and uh, I want to, the passage I want to read this morning as we get started is one of the awakening passages, one of the passages we talked about early on in that series. Um, but I want to go a little further than we did when we read that, the first uh, sentence there, the first part of the verse. So Ephesians 5, verses 14 to 18, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now notice, notice in that first bit, there's, there are some things we're responsible for, and some things Jesus is responsible for. Right? Um, that it's up to us to wake up, but it's not up to us to light up our lives. It's not up to us to provide the power right? It's up to us to wake up and lean in and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? But it's up to God to do the, the, to provide the power, to provide what we need to do what he's called us to do. Um, and so sometimes we get that backwards. And, and, and even as we approach a Sunday like this and we're, we're expecting of God, anticipating that he's going to do something, we feel sometimes the pressure to try and make something happen. But that's not our job. We're not here this morning to whip you into a frenzy or to make something happen. We're here to say, are we ready to wake up? Are we hungry? Do we want what God has for us? Okay, Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Right? Uh, and so that's our prayer. So, so it goes on. Paul goes on in this passage to, 
to say, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine in you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why does he shine on us? Because there's opportunity. Right? Because there are things that he wants us to be doing in the world, and he wants to empower us to do those things. So, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, we are in some dark days, but that's the Lord is with us. He's shining on us. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. What is the Lord's will? Well, I'm not sure it's getting caught up in all the political controversy of our day. I don't think that's what the Lord's will is. What is the Lord's will? Well, it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What is the Lord's will? Be filled with the Spirit because there's opportunity and Christ will shine on you. And when it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that's a command. So again, there are things that we're responsible for and things that Jesus is responsible for. Our response to the Lord determines the level of what He can pour out in our lives. So be, and in fact, this is in the continuous present tense. So what it says is, um, instead, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time moment, folks. Some of us maybe had an experience years ago where we experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit, or sometimes we call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then we just kind of moved on. But the baptism or the filling of the Holy Spirit is not for some badge to say, okay, I'm on the in crowd now. It's for empowering to live every day in the power of the Spirit, right? And so, so what is the Lord's will? That we would continually be filled with His Spirit so that we would continually be aware of every opportunity so that in those moments when God wants to show up in someone's life and we happen to be the vessel, the person that He wants to use, Christ can shine on us. So, today is Pentecost Sunday. What on earth, some of you might be saying, is Pentecost, right? Uh, some of you, you've been around this for a long time and you know just what that word means. But some may be saying, what is Pentecost? Well, if you've been around for very long here at Evangel, you'll know that we are a Pentecostal church. So Pentecost is kind of a big deal, right? So, so let's... let's talk about what is that so first of all pentecost was a jewish week-long festival back in the day of jesus it was a week-long festival there were three week-long festivals in the jewish calendar there was passover there was pentecost and there was the the feast of tabernacles which was a big thanksgiving feast after the harvest came in in the fall so Three week-long feasts. Anybody up for a week-long feast? Those that have been fasting say Yahoo. 
But Pentecost was a week-long feast or festival. And, and when Jesus died on the cross and was raised again, that happened during Passover. Which means that there were people from all over the world that came. And it was not by accident that, that Jerusalem was full of people from all over the world when Jesus died and rose again. Because God wanted the world to know what had happened. And it wasn't by accident that 50 days later, the word Pentecost means 50th in the Greek. The 50th day after Jesus' resurrection was the beginning of the Feast of Pentecost. And again, Jerusalem was full of people. And it was not by accident that God waited to pour out His Spirit upon these new believers until the day when Jerusalem was full of people from all over the world. And in fact, if you read through the, the account of what happened in Acts chapter 2, there were people, it lists people from 15 different parts of the Roman Empire. List them. Why? Because this Jesus movement right from the beginning was meant to be a missionary movement to reach the world with the hope of Jesus. So Jesus, on the day that he ascended to heaven, that he left, he left this planet after his resurrection, 40 days after his resurrection. As he was leaving, he said, stay in the city and don't leave until you've been clothed with power from on high. You ever see, you ever see uh, fire eaters, buskers? You ever see that? Guaranteed every time they'll say to, hey kids, don't try this at home. We're trained professionals, right? Like, don't try this at home. Um, so, <clears throat> Jesus, uh, in Luke chapter 24, here's what, here's what Jesus actually says. Luke 24, starting in verse 45 this is just before he left planet Earth. It says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. You see, when Jesus started his ministry three years before, when Jesus started his ministry, he waited until after his baptism, the Spirit of God came upon him. Right? And then... After that happened, after the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus in that moment, um, Jesus' first message, his first sermon in Luke chapter 4 was this. He takes out a scroll from Isaiah and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now that anointed me, 
It's talking about the power of the Spirit that had come upon him. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Um, He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and said, this scripture has been fulfilled today in your sight. Now, at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, he's preparing his followers, and folks, that includes you and me, but in this moment, it's the 12 disciples and, and you know, the, the 120 that were with them. He was preparing his disciples to carry on his ministry on the earth. And he says, don't try this on your own. Don't try to do the work of the Spirit without the power of the Spirit. So they waited. Ten days they waited. And they kept hanging out together. They kept praying. They sought the face of God as we talked about last week. But then on the day of Pentecost, they were gathered in one place, praying in unity, when suddenly Jesus sent what he promised. And in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. God sent the power of His Spirit so that Jesus' followers could continue Jesus' mission until the whole world heard the good news about God's kingdom. But Jesus had never just told the good news about God's kingdom, but he showed the kingdom of God by working miracles. And this is why Jesus told us, don't go spreading the word without the power. Because if we just tell about the kingdom and don't show about the kingdom, then people will think this is just another idea. How many know the world is full of plenty of ideas? We don't just need another idea. But we need to see something real. We need to see the kingdom of God come on planet earth. And that's why Jesus came. That's why he poured out his spirit. That's why he sends his church. We are meant to be people who live supernatural lifestyles. There have been times over the centuries when the church has has reconnected with that truth and that reality. One of those moments, a little over 100 years ago, was the beginning of the Pentecostal movement. Movement that we are a part of. 
But unless the power of the Spirit is a daily living reality to us in our lives, being part of a Pentecostal or Spirit-filled movement doesn't mean anything. What, what tag is over the door really doesn't matter. I don't think God cares. But what tag is on, denominational tag is on a church. He cares about whether we walk in the fullness of what He sent or whether we squander it. Many people um, and churches in our movement would say that even though they believe in the power of the Spirit as a doctrine, as a teaching, that their actual experience of their faith day to day is dry. It's really not filled with the life and the passion and the boldness that they would like to see. And one of the reasons for this, I think, is that at some point, even though the power of the Spirit was given for mission, it's why Jesus gave us the power of the Spirit. That in some of our churches, over some decades, we treated it like our plaything, the power of the Spirit. It's, it was for Sunday, just to make our Sunday morning services feel really fun and special. But then when we walked out the door, we didn't take it with us. I wonder if God is saying, I'm going to turn the tap off for a while until you understand that this is not a toy, it's a tool. It's not your plaything. it's for the mission. It's for going and doing what I've called you to do in the power of my Spirit. And yes, we will have encounters as we worship God together. His presence will come in power and we'll enjoy it. But if it stops there, then we are dishonoring what God gave us. You mean take it on the street? You mean take it to work? You mean take it to my neighbor who needs healing? Are you kidding? Not kidding. So what is... What is the work of the Spirit? What is it that the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through our lives? Maybe some listening online, maybe some here today, you're going, I don't, the only thing I've ever heard of Holy Spirit is when people pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's about, in the church I grew up in, that's about all I ever heard of the Holy Spirit. Right? Maybe some of you are like that too. So let's do it. Just a quick run through what so what is this holy spirit about anyways jesus said the holy spirit would teach us teach us how many how many read this book the bible sometimes and you're like i don't understand it's it's hard to get like what does that mean right jesus told us that the holy spirit would teach us Really important practice is to say, before you open it, Holy Spirit, 
Talk to me. Teach me today as I read this. Enlighten my heart and mind that I can receive what you want me to receive today. So the Holy Spirit teaches us. He gives us boldness to talk about Jesus in difficult or even dangerous situations. He gives us direction. How many could use some of that? Some wisdom. Got a decision to make. Holy Spirit, lead me. Right? He gives us direction. So we seek wisdom in making decisions. He fills us with His peace and joy and hope because these are the very culture of heaven. And when the Lord of heaven, the Holy Spirit, comes to live in us, He brings the culture of heaven with Him. And we experience peace and joy and hope. Wow. He empowers us to love like the Father loves. To love even those we don't understand or maybe even people who treat us as enemies. He empowers us to love. He enables us to work in kingdom authority to heal to prophesy, in other words, to speak the heart of God into a situation. To cast out demons when necessary. To work all kinds of miracles. Basically, all the things that Jesus did, we are meant to do. That's what he said. You will do even greater things because I'm out of here. Going to the Father. Now we can take that verse and say, well, maybe he really meant... There's a lot of people that do that. But in the context, that's not... That's it's what he meant. You're going to do the things I'm doing. The things he did, he entrusted to us and gave us the Holy Spirit to enable us. A couple of interesting things about the, the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. Um, it was the, the Feast of First Fruits, it was also called. In other words, the first crop, the barley crop, the first crop that came off the fields in the spring, they celebrated that. And when the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people became followers of Jesus. Boom. One message, 3,000 people become followers of Jesus. The first fruits of the great global harvest that God wants to bring on the earth. Second thing about the day of Pentecost is that uh, it was also, the, the, the Feast of Pentecost was a celebration of the day that God gave the law to Moses. And now, 1,400 years later, after God came in power and gave the law to Moses, now He comes and gives the Spirit to the church. Because we need not just the Word, but we need the Spirit. These two things work together. We need to have the Word of God and the Spirit of God to do the works of God. 
So, keeping it short today because I want to leave lots of time for us to just see what God wants to do. Last point today. Are you ready for a baptism of fire? In Matthew 3, verse 11, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now the fire that he talked about, because he went on, John the Baptist went on to say some more things. Um, the fire that he was talking about is both a fire of cleansing and a fire of zeal and passion and energy and boldness. I want to make this clear. Every follower of Jesus, every true follower of Jesus, whether you've had what we're going to call a, a baptism of fire or an encounter with the Holy Spirit where, where you've been, quote-unquote, baptized or filled with the Spirit, I want to make it clear. Every follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's really important to understand. We're not saying that if you haven't experienced a baptism in the Spirit or a filling of the Spirit that you don't have the Holy Spirit. We're not saying that. Every follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Um, what we see in the Bible is there is, a, there is a difference that we see particularly in the book of Acts, but elsewhere. Um, there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us and the Holy Spirit coming upon us in power. While Jesus was still with His disciples after His resurrection, before He left, in John 21, Jesus he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? Here are these followers of Jesus face-to-face with the resurrected Christ, and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, if they had everything, why did they have to wait and pray and trust for God to send power from on high? Because there's a difference. Um, I like how Nikki Gumbel of Alpha expresses this. He, he talks about pilot light. Everybody know what a pilot light is? Right? In a furnace, an oil furnace or a gas furnace, propane furnace or a, or a gas stove or whatever. You, you have a little flame that's on all the time. It's on, we used to have a, a, a gas fireplace, natural gas fireplace in our living room. Little flame was on all the time. But then when we push the button and turn on the fireplace, gas gets distributed and it goes whoosh. Right? And the, and the fire comes on. And Nikki Gumbel says there are 
pilot-like Christians, and then there are whoosh Christians, right? pilot light or whoosh. So the question for us today is, you know, am I, you know, sometimes I think when we neglect what we talked about at the beginning, be be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. When we neglect leaning in and saying, God, I want you to fill me today, we can, I think we can go from whoosh back to pilot light. I think we can. And so the question we want to ask today is, am I a pilot light or am I a whoosh? Right? Because the gift of the power of the Spirit is not a gift that God gives to some and withholds from others. But He wants to pour it out. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. So if you're here and you're made of flesh, any robots here today? If you're here and you're made of flesh, then you're a candidate for the gift of the power of the Spirit in your life. And I think the difference, one teacher says it this way, the Holy Spirit is in me for me and on me for you. I find that helpful. Right? The Holy Spirit dwells within me to lead me, to guide me, to teach me, to help me, to give me strength. But when I need the the authority and the power of Jesus to deal with a situation, I need His power upon me. I need something more than what I've got. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We've got lots of time this morning. I'm going to ask, I've got a couple people prepared to, to come and help with some traffic control here. I'm going to ask them to do that. Here's what we're going to do. Worship team's coming. Um... If you, if you want something fresh from the Lord today, maybe it's a whoosh. Maybe it's an outpouring of His Spirit. Whether it's the first time or the 51st time, it doesn't matter. God wants to pour out upon us today. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's um, freedom from something that's been tormenting you. Here's what we're going to do. And this, I, I have a, so uh, I want to invite you to step out from where you are as the, as the team begins to, to lead us in worship. Just maintain a worshipful heart. And... Uh, if you want to receive something from the Lord that you would come up, we've got tape points here, socially distanced across the front. 
if you want to receive something, something from the Lord, that you would come up and find a tape spot, either as a, a couple, if there's a couple of you together, or, or a family, if you're bubbled, whatever, um, or as an individual, find a tape spot, and uh, these gentlemen are going to help you, help direct you. And if we fill up these tape spots, the, the point isn't where you stand, the point is moving. Just, I'm in obedience, I'm going to step out from where I am and trust God to do something. So, so if we fill up these tape spots, we're just going to, social, like again, every six feet, we're going to line up down the aisle, whatever we need to do in this room to just receive from the Lord. And then uh, some of our board members and pastors are going to come along and just anoint you with oil. Don't be freaked out by that. It's just olive oil. It's just oil. And it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Something symbolic that we're told in Scripture to do. They're just going to dab your forehead with some oil and just stay in receiving mode. I encourage you to just even put your hands out like God wants to drop a big gift in your arms because that's what He wants to do. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're there like this, it's going to be hard to receive, right? And so just, just get in receiving mode. Say, God, I'm ready to receive what you have for me, all right? So even now, just as these guys are doing, if you want to just... You guys can find a tape spot and stick to it. That would be helpful. That would be great. And uh, our worship team is going to just lead us as we get started.